سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة وما ملكت أيمانكم أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected elders and brothers, if you look at the last six months of the Islamic calendar which has just passed, then we would find that there were specific ibadat for specific time and in certain instances for a specific place. If you look at the month of Rajab and Shaban, it was a build-up for a specific month in Islam, a specific time, and that was the month of Ramadan. And not only that, we will find in the month of Ramadan there were specific ibadat such as fasting, tilawat of the Quran in Majid in abundance, taraweeh salah. And then many a time you would find that people discharged their zakat as well in the month of Ramadan. Then after the month of Ramadan came the day of Eid, a specific day in the day of Islam, a specific salah, the Eid salah. Thereafter was the month of Hajj which had commenced. And then even if you look at the ibadat of Hajj, confined to a specific time from the 8th of Dhul Hijjah till the 12th or 13th of Dhul Hijjah. And not only that, it was also confined to a specific place. And that was Makkah, Mukarramah, Mina, Muzdalifa, Arafah. So if you look at the ibadat which are found in these six months of the year, many of them were either specific to a time or specific to a place. However, beloved brothers, the question may arise that now what should we focus on for the next six months of the year? So if you look at the parting advice, of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was in his final illness then one of the last words which had come out from the Mubarak mouth of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of his last advices was as-salah wa ma malakat aymanukum that guard your salah protect this ibadat of salah and those whom you have a right upon meaning in those days there was slavery referring to treating your slaves well but the focus of what I would like to speak on today is how do we get this action of salah right? Remember in the five pillars of Islam, after the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, then comes salah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum would say that there is no place, there is no place in Islam for that person who neglects his salah. Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu would say that in our time, in our zamana, in our era, then only the open hypocrite or the one who was very ill would not be present in the masjid for salah. Otherwise, every single one of those sahaba radiallahu an would be present in the masjid for salah. This was the importance given to this great aspect of salah. In one hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna awwala ma yuhasabu bihi al-abdu yawm al-qiyamah min amalihi salatuhu. That the first thing a person will be taken to task for on the day of qiyamah, from his actions, from his ibadat, is his salah. If this is correct, then this person is successful, he will be saved from the fire of Jahannam. However, if this is corrupt, if this is neglected, then that person will be at a great loss. And not only that, he will taste the fire of Jahannam. So this is this, the importance of salah in every one of our lives. When Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu was on his deathbed after he was stabbed, then he had survived for three days after that. And in that period, Hazrat Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an was lapsing in and out of consciousness because of the severity of his wound. So Miswar bin Makhrama radiallahu anhu enters the room in which Umar radiallahu an is lying. 
and his people are around him. He says to them, what is the condition of Amirul Mu'mineen? They say, this is his condition, he is unconscious. We do not know how to wake him up. Miswar radiallahu anh says, I know an easy solution to wake Amirul Mu'mineen up. Just scream out or shout out. As-salah ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. So, those around him, his close confidants, immediately they said, As-salah ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. And imagine how ingrained that salah was in the life of the Sahabi. How important it was that despite being unconscious, immediately his eyes open. And his first words are, definitely we have to perform our salah. And there is no place in Islam for that person who leaves out his salah. This was that importance that, that they had given to salah, that it became part of their subconscious. That salah is so important in our life. Many a time you would find the Sahaba radiallahu an, whenever they were faced with any difficulty, any trial, any tribulation, what was the first thing they would do? They would stand up and perform two rakats of salah and seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Majid, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, O you who believe, istainu bis sabri was salah. That seek help, seek the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through patience and salah. So this is a solution. Many a time we find we are in different predicaments, different difficulties, hardships, etc. What is the solution to this? Make a perfect wudu. Then step forward on that musalla and perform two rakats of salah. Raise your hands in dua and you will see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will alleviate your problem. So this is the importance of salah in the life of a believer. <clears throat> Many of us can relate to the current load shedding which is going on, in which we find for hours on end, a person might not have any electricity. And we will find how difficult life becomes because we are so used to that electricity. I just met an old person a few weeks ago and he said to me that because of this load shedding, I'm suffering through depression. Sometimes my clock is going off because at night now the lights are going off in the early hours of the night and then I'm not sure what to do with myself. So you can find the disruption it causes. Those who are in business will find the disruption it causes to their businesses, etc. And the amount of income which is lost. And person might say, no, we can get some inverter system or get some generator. But remember, that is only a short-term solution. That is only a short-term solution. Maybe a person can get a generator, but then the amount of petrol he has to fill into the generator. So it is hurting his pocket. So we can see the importance of electricity in our life and how dependent we are on it. Similarly, beloved brothers, the salah, the salah is like electricity in our ibadat, in our spiritual life with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If our salah is not right, then 100% guaranteed all our other actions will also not be correct. It is that life, it is that life of a believer. It gives that spiritual target, that spiritual strength lies in our salah. So beloved brothers, this is an easy example for us to understand that how we cannot function properly in our daily lives without electricity. Similarly, our spiritual lives cannot function properly without our salah being 100% correct. In one verse of the Quran Majid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that salah, verily salah, prevents a person from, immoral, from immorality, from immodesty, from shamelessness. And not only that, it also protects him from evil. The ulama deduce from here that salah builds up a person's resistance towards sin. The more a person gets his salah right, the more he will be disinclined from committing sin. On one occasion, Sahaba radiallahu anhum came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they explained to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that there is a certain person who is involved in the filthy act of stealing. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that his salah will prevent him from stealing. Meaning if this person gets his salah right, then you will see automatically he will leave out that sin of stealing. So similarly, beloved brothers, the more we get this salah into our lives, 
then the more we will be resistant towards sin. We will stay away from gunas. Automatically, we will be disinclined from committing sin. In another hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has explained, that salah is a pillar of deen. We can all relate to what a pillar does for a building. That pillar is something which holds that building straight. Without that pillar, the roof will collapse. Similarly, beloved brothers, if we have the salah in our lives, then our deen will be upright. Our deen will not collapse. This is the importance of salah in our lives. But do we give that amount of importance to salah? Another virtue we find with regards to salah in one ayat of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا That command your family to perform salah and you yourself be consistent on it. And immediately after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَ Do not worry about your risk. Do not stress about your sustenance. نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُ We will make it our responsibility to provide for you. Mufassirin explained under this verse, that when a person gets his salah right, then automatically his risk will also be taken care of. Obviously, it doesn't mean a person mustn't go out now and search for his risk. But Ibn Kathir, Rahmatullah explaining under this verse says, that that person who gets his salah right, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him his sustenance, his rosy from sources which he would never imagine. So you get that salah right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of your daily affairs. This is that importance of salah. How many times in the Quran in Majid we find Aqimus Salah Atul Zakah Aqimus Salah Establish Salah Establish Salah So many times in the Quran in Majid Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is repeating this For us to ponder what an important aspect of our life this is And we need to ponder how, how is our Salah Do we have our Salah in the correct manner in our life Now that we know the importance of Salah And how important Salah is in the life of a believer Then we need to now get the salah right. One is a person is performing his salah. But is he performing his salah how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him to perform his salah? So if you look at this verse, Aqimus Salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say, Salli, that perform salah. Or, Iqra as salah, that read salah. But rather, Aqimus Salah, establish salah. So ulama explain, what does this mean, Aqimus Salah? It means that you perform your salah in such a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with you, number one. And that salah is performed in the way shown to you by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Together with all its prerequisites, that will mean aqimus salah, that a person establishes salah. And because salah is five times a day, and together with the sunan nawafil, many a time when it comes to our salah, we fall into a sort of a comfort zone. Meaning a person when he was young, he learned the physical aspects of salah, and then over time, he may pick up bad habits. And then his postures in salah are not correct. Because he's performing it every day, he might become neglectful of his postures of salah. So how important that regularly, this is the first point with regards to establishing salah, regularly we check our postures. That our postures are in accordance to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And for that, alhamdulillah, there are many ulama in the area. There are many of those who are learned with regards to the postures of salah. So there should be no shame, no embarrassment in this. That you go forward and you ask the local alim or a person who is learned that just check my postures of salah. Is it correct? Am I performing my salah? Are my postures in conformity to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So that is so important that we get the postures of salah right. That is the physical aspect of salah. Then before we perform our salah, we ensure that our taharat is done in the correct way. And for men especially, many a time a person will go relieve himself 
in the toilet and thereafter when he comes out he is not conscious of the urine drop and this is something which is meant in the fiqhi kitabs that a person makes sure that all the urine drops are cleared before coming out of the toilet because obviously if he has not uh, been conscious of this he has not made his taharat properly then his wudu will not be valid his salah similarly will not be valid so the importance of his tahara being correct firstly thereafter when he is making wudu he makes wudu in a perfect manner how many hadith we find Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says isbahul wudu that making the wudu in the correct manner making the wudu in the correct manner according to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam without wasting any water a person once asked the Grand Mufti of the time, Hazrat Mufti Mahmudul Hassan Rahmatullah Alayhi, that if a person wastes water while making wudu, will it affect the concentration in salah? That definitely it will affect his concentration in salah. Because he's going against the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while making his wudu. So how important that we get the taharat right, we get the wudu right. All this is preparation. Now when a person is making his wudu, as he is washing his hands, he's imagining his sins being washed away. Similarly, he's washing his face, those limbs which have seen haram, which have done haram, those arms, those legs which have walked towards haram, automatically his sins are being forgiven. So imagine when a person is making his wudu with this consciousness, automatically when he's coming for his salah, he will have a different frame of mind. So then we had spoken about the importance of the physical aspects of salah. Then his appearance when he's coming for salah. In one ayat of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, masjid. That wear your best clothes when you are coming to the masjid. Wear your best clothes when you are coming to the masjid. Just recently, one youngster asked me, that Moana, can I perform my salah with my pyjamas on? I said, Alhamdulillah, at least he's performing his salah. Then I explained to him, yes, the salah might be done, but it is not salah performed in the best way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are going to meet the president, you are going to meet some dignitary, you are going to meet your bride on the first night, will you go with your pyjamas? No, you will wear your best clothes. So similarly, when we are coming to the masjid, when we are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salah, then let us wear our best clothes. Together with that, we should make sure that there is no foul odor coming out from our mouth. <laughs> similarly, our body shouldn't be given off any foul odor. If you look at the day of Jumu'ah, we all know it is a sunnah to, to take a ghusl on the day of, of, of Jumu'ah. And how did this sunnah originate? The time of the Sahaba radiallahu an, they were living in very hot, humid conditions. And many a time when they would come for the Jummah Salah because Masjid al-Nabawi was very small and they would wear woolen cloth, so automatically they would perspire a lot. And in this way, obviously it can cause the cleave to the next person. Therefore, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had encouraged the Sahaba radiallahu an that on the day of Jumu'ah, you take a ghusl before coming for Jumu'ah Salah. Look at the beauty of Islam so that everyone comes to a happy environment. You apply your best itar, best perfume, you come to the Salah. Now all these are preparations. You think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not appreciate that. You think He will not appreciate this, that this banda of mine is making all these preparations to come and stand before me in the masjid. Then once you have got the physical aspects right, and ulama explained the first level of concentration is that you focus on getting your physical aspects right. Because automatically when a person is focused, I need to make my qiyam in a certain position, my ruku, it is some level of concentration. Then the next level is, he tries to get the mental and spiritual focus. If you look at the ayat of Surah Mu'minun, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ That certainly the believers are successful. أَلَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ they are the ones who have khushu in their salah. They have khushu in their salah. That total concentration, that total devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many a time when we make takbir Allahu Akbar, then we're thinking this person owes me money. I need to make that uh, payment. I need to sort this out. But rather let's 
focus, try and concentrate in our salah. Dr. Mahmoud Mutala, rahmatullah alayhi, who was from Westville, very beautifully, he should give a beautiful analogy. He says that when we come early for salah, it will improve our concentration in our fard salah. And he would give the example of a fan. He would say that when that fan is on, it is spinning. Then you put that fan off. It doesn't come to a standstill immediately. You will find it will start slowing down, slowing down until eventually it comes to a standstill. So he says similarly is our human mind. We are caught in the chakra of this dunya, the chakra of this world, all our different chores, etc. that we need to do. Our mind is spinning. Now when we come early for salah, we are giving our mind that time to relax before we stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, when we are coming in last minute and then we are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our mind is still caught up in the dunya. We haven't given it that time to relax. So very beautiful analogy he gave on one of the hikmats, the wisdoms of coming for early for salah. Another great um, benefit of coming early for salah, that person who makes his wudu at home, then he applies his blessed clothing, he walks towards the masjid, for every step he is taken towards the masjid, he is elevated one rank and one of his sins are forgiven. Not only that, as he enters the masjid, he sits down. Then the angels, the malaika are making dua for him. Allahumma gfillahu, Allahumma arhamhu. Oh Allah, forgive him. Oh Allah, have mercy on him. Allama Yusuf Binuri, rahmatullah alayhi, the great muhaddith of his time. He would come early for salah and sit in the first saf. And thereafter he would say, Ameen. Ameen. So people would ask him that very something very strange you are doing. You are just sitting down and you are saying Ameen. He says, no, I'm saying Ameen to the dua of the Malaika. Because they are making dua of maghfirat for me. They are making dua of rahmat for me. So a simple thing like this, a person comes early and he tries to occupy the front rows. Look at the great reward that he is getting. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they would, so to say, obviously not physically fight, but they would rush towards the front saf. It would be hard to get into the front saf. That's how much of importance they had given to just come in early for salah and trying to occupy the front rows. So this is with regards to Aqeemus Salah, trying to get all the aspects of salah right. Then beloved brothers, one of the most important aspects with regards to salah is the importance of salah with jama'ah. We all know the virtue of salah with jama'ah. That person who performs his salah with jama'ah, then that salah which he performs, there will be 27 times more thawab, 27 times more reward. Why should we lose out on a simple action like coming to the masjid and performing our salah? As I had mentioned in the beginning, Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu would say that in our time, in the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, then only the open hypocrite and those who were severely ill would not come to the masjid for salah. And he says when one of us was sick, then we would get two people to assist us and with our feet dragging on the floor, they would bring us to the masjid so that we can perform our salah with jama'ah. On one occasion, Umar radiallahu anhu, after the Fajr Salah, he did not notice a certain youngster in the masjid by the name of Sulaiman bin Abi Haythama. Umar radiallahu anhu always had the finger on the pulse. So after the Fajr Salah, he goes to the home of Sulaiman bin Abi Haythama. He knocks on the door. His mother opens. He asks his mother that what happened to Sulaiman? Is he ill? What, why is he not in the masjid for Salah? So his mother says no. He was engaged in long rakats of the hajjud and then he was very tired so he performed his fajr salah at home and slept away. Umar radiallahu anh says that I prefer that a person may sleep the entire night but he performs his fajr salah in jama'ah that will be more rewarding than spending the entire night in tahajjud. This is called understanding what is deen, understanding what is Islam. Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anh narrates a hadith that person who performs his isha salah with jama'at it is as though he has performed half the night of salah in ibadah. And that person who performs his fajr salah with jama'ah, 
It is as though he has performed half the night in ibadah. By just getting these two salah right, it is as though you are performing your, the entire night in the worship and the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was once a great saint of his time who had missed his Isha Salah in the local masjid. So in those days, it wasn't like our times where there would be fixed times, etc. They would, Muazzin would give the azan and thereafter when the Imam comes out for the Salah, the Salah would take place. So in this way, he went to all the masjids in his locality. But unfortunately, in every single masjid, the Isha Salah was finished. So he came home. Obviously, he was a saint now. We will not apply that to you and I. So he performed that Salah 27 times that night in the hope of getting that reward. That night he sees a dream and in that dream he's on a horse and in front of him there is a group of horsemen and he's trying to catch them. And as he is spurring his horse on to go faster and faster, that group is also moving away faster and faster until he realizes he cannot catch them. When he wakes up in the morning, he gets the interpretation of the dream that those who perform salah with jama'ah, no matter how much you try by performing your salah individually, you will never be able to attain that reward. So this is that importance of salah with jama'ah. Even if you look at the final sickness of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, despite being so ill, his fever was so high, such weakness. But the moment he had enough strength for two sahaba radiallahu anh, to lift him up, and then they describe how Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam came on their two shoulders with his feet dragging, into the masjid to perform his salah with jama'ah. This was the Nabi of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favorite, showing us practically the importance of salah with jama'ah. So beloved brothers, together with this important aspect of aqimus salah, getting the physical aspects right, the spiritual aspects right, let us perform our salah with jama'ah in the masjid. Many a time, through the barakat of some pious person in the gathering, everyone's salah is accepted. So let us ensure that we perform our salah with jama'ah. And as I explained in the beginning, this is the importance of salah in our lives. And to perfect that salah, we need to perform that salah how Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has commanded us to perform it. And that is for the men folk in the masjid with jama'ah and for the women folk on time at home. Just to conclude, inshallah, next week, the day of Ashura will be dawned upon us. And remember something, the day of Ashura was significant even before the advent of Islam. Meaning all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam would fast on this day and they would hold it in high regard. So we should also now build up and let us try and this is one stepping stone, perfect our salah before the day of Ashura. Inshallah, this should be our way forward for the new year. For the Islamic new year, let us try and get our salah right. Therefore, we find that even the Jews and the Christians give significance to this day of Ashura. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said that when we fast on this day, then we should fast one day before it or one day after it to oppose the Jews. So let us try and fast on the day of Ashura. The second thing that we can do is that we spend on our families. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Man wassa ala iyalihi yawma Ashura, wassa allahu alayhi fi sa'iri sanatihi. That the one who is generous and spends on his family on the day of Ashura, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be generous, will sustain him, will spend on him for the entire year. So this is something we can all do. Try and spend extra on our family on this day of of, of Ashura and a lot of ulama explain that through experience they have found when a person does this then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him abundance throughout the year. So this is the second thing we can do. Then the third thing is make excessive tawbah. Make excessive tawbah. In one hadith Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said that a certain nation was forgiven on this day and um, ulama explained that this nation referred to the Bani Israel. So we should also seek, make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this day and ask for forgiveness of our, uh, of our sins. And the last thing and the minimum thing we can do is stay away from sin. 
Obviously, every single day of the year, we should try and stay away from sin. But more so on these Mubarak days, ensure that we don't get involved in any type of sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq. So just to recap the importance of salah in the life of a our, of our believer, that he gets this aspect of salah from taharat, right to perform his salah in the masjid with jama'ah. And similarly, we prep ourselves for the day of Ashura, which is coming next week. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah al-Qa'il, wal-lazina amanu wa'amilu al-salihati ulaika ashabu al-jannah, hum fiha khalidun, fanahmaduhu hamdan kathiran kullama yahmaduhu al-hamidun, wanashkuruhu shukran jamilan kullama yashkuruhu al-shakirun, wanashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah, wanashadu anna sayyidana wa habibana wa shafi'ana wa maulana muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, amma ba'd faya ayyuhal nas wahidullah, فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة وما ملكت أيمانكم أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن المجيد ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم فإنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر الرؤوف الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في معنى الحديث أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون
وكفوفكم إن شهد تسفس تريت فلين ولقى الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين تبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله هثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى سحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم 
Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar.